Welcome back to Do The Franchise. I'm Jake. And I'm James. And we're doing Goblet of Fire Part 2. Part 2. No, this is not Deja Vu. You've definitely arrived at the second episode yeah. of Goblet of Fire. <laughs> so we're going to pick right up where we left off, James. That's all right? Yep. Cool. Anyway. Yep. Then we get to... Uh, so we, where we are, we've done the second task. We've been through the lake. Yep. We've fished out a friend. <laughs> we've fished him in friends. Yeah, we've got, we've got loads of, like, <sighs> loads of people out of the lake. The, the wand came into it. Harry couldn't swim anymore because he yeah. lost his magic and some, somehow forgot how to swim. Yes, he did. Forgot how to use magic or swim. So yeah. he was basically... So, gonna drown to death so he uses his wand that gets him out of um I, I put that the dark arts teacher has predator style vision he seems to be able to zoom in on things with his bonkers eye yeah he does yeah um, and, <laughs> and then um we get so harry com- makes it out he gets in second place for helping two people yeah make, except for one which again rules mean fuck all in yeah this, to they? me two people trumps one person yeah. so he should be first place well, yeah. Also, if you finished second yeah. and didn't get it, like Victor Grum, I'd be a bit pissed off at that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, his shark head definitely worked out better for mm. him. Um, we then get a, a weird conversation between Harry and Trigg. Mm. Um, <laughs> Trigger speaks to Harry yeah. about his parents. I I, uh, I put Trigg is a little creepy. And then we cut to another scene quite quickly because uh, my, my next comment was Trigger's dead. Yeah. <laughs> it's shoehorns because they think... Uh, Again, as a filmmaker, as a person that's made films yeah. at university, it's like they forgot there's a big plot point coming up with Barty Crouch. So yeah. they have to shoehorn a conversation with it. Because it's like, I think in the book, Harry has spoken to him a lot. Not a lot of wizards like him, which is why when he, when he rocks up dead halfway through the tournament, they kind of disregard it as he's just been hit. Someone's just seen yeah. him out in the open and decided to assassinate him. Do you know what I mean? right. It's all a okay. bit daft. So that's, that's why they don't cancel everything then. Uh, yeah. Even though... I've put here, man find, found murdered in school grounds. Schools usually get closed prior to murder on site. Yeah. Oh, so post-murder. Yeah, I was going to say prior to murder. That, no. <laughs> that's a bit premeditated, isn't it? And the it? fact that they just let this carry on, yeah. that's ridiculous. It, it's strange. They're, they're, very, they're very determined to keep this going. Like the, the, the Ministry of Magic guy... Um, uh, Cornelius Fudge. Fudge. Fudge comes in, uh, Harry's sort of eavesdropping a little bit. Mm. Um, Cornelius Fudge seems to want to carry on the competition. Uh, Harry gets offered more sweets. Yes, he does. So don't, don't attack him. Yeah, Lupin was always offering him chocolate. Yep. Dumbledore gives him licorice with yeah. teeth. Yep. Sweets, Chop- sweets formerly good for you kids. They get your blood sugar up. And now bad for you kids because they, they bite you. <sighs> yes. We're getting mixed messages here. We then get memory bowl exposition drama moment. <laughs> I, I, I wrote Harry falls into the wash basin of dreams slash memories. Yeah. So this sequence, again, it's taken directly from the books. It's kind of a scene to give us a bit of exposition and backstory to all the characters that have been introduced in this ginormous film. Yes. And I think it it does work to its credit, but it, it sort of... For me, it's a drop of pace. And I think they do, they're quite naughty at doing this part of films. They sort of drop their pace halfway through. Yeah. And then they just spill out a load of exposition to the audience. And if anything, you could have cut out a few Yule balls and we could have just had some of this. Yeah. I mean, I would have loved to have found out more about Igor from the off, I think. Yeah. Because, like, he he doesn't say much in the film. He has about three lines. Except for this bit. 
Yeah. Where he, he seems to emote more, he's got more character. Mm. He's obviously a bit worried about going back to Azkaban, but as we've probably discussed earlier, uh, you can escape. It's yeah, fine. Exactly. You don't need to worry about Just become a dog. You're yeah. fine. Um, so the court sequence, we see Dumbledore. We see um, um, Moody is with Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, we see Karkaroff, who is in chains in his prison. That he's been brought from his cell. Yeah. We see Miranda Richardson's character. She's um, taking notes. Yeah, and... taking notes for the media. And we see somebody... Who else is there? Barty Crouch is the one who is presiding over the court. Yeah. And Crouch's son is in the court. Yes. At the back. Yes, he's sat there being old David Tennant-like. Yeah, David Tennant. And I love David Tennant anyway. He, I mean, yeah. if anything, I wish we had more David Tennant in this movie. Yeah. He's, he's brilliant. And, and that's where we find out that, obviously, David Tennant is Trigg's son. Yes, and he was in cahoots with Voldemort. We didn't know this. Um, this is this sequence for you if you didn't really get it. I'm guessing yeah. you did, but this is post Voldemort's decline. Right. Okay. So this is sort of after Voldemort's decline, after he's been destroyed, after Harry's parents have been killed. These are the Death Eaters are now being rounded up. Right. So this is, this is like sort of post World War Two when they were Nazi hunting. Yeah. When this everyone, is kind of like when everyone that. went to Argentina. Yeah. This is that bit. Okay. So they're sort of hunting them down, and that's where they bring. Karkaroff, yeah. who gives evidence to basically get himself out of, pro- out of jail. Ah, make, um, makes which sense. I guess makes sense. Yeah. He gives up Snape, which yes. is interesting. Yes, that that's cool. But we already knew this, according to Dumbledore, but we didn't as an no. audience. No. And we so... find out that Snape was, in fact, also in cahoots with Voldemort when he was a younger man. Yes. And this is why you then see Harry walking down Exposition Corridor. He sees Karkaroff speaking to Snape, and he's showing him the tattoo on his arm of yes. the dark mark, isn't he? Yes. Um, at that point, is is he saying you've got one of these two? Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah. All the Death Eaters, the baddies that work for Voldemort, have one of these tattoos on their arm, and they can right. use it to summon the Dark Lord. Okay. Mm. Ah, it's it's yeah. sort of you know dial nine 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 if you need a dark overlord to kill somebody. Be quite exhausting if you're Voldemort, wouldn't it? I mean, if you've got a lot of followers, constantly having to go back and forth between followers. But remember, we've already solved this problem. He just needs to send letters. <laughs> if he sends letters, everyone, everyone's fine. Um, uh, Alan Rickman then shows Harry some magic serum, uh, truth serum, and he threatens to slip it in his drink. <laughs> it, yeah, it's a bit, a bit odd, this, but he's, yeah. he, he, he's, I, I understand where they're going with this, but at the same time, that, that's a teacher threatening a student. If it, yeah, fully. Well, if, if he just went to, back to Dumbledore and said, he's offered to give me drugs... <laughs> yeah. He threatened to give that me drugs. Teacher, I've uh, brought me into a cupboard and offered me some drugs. Yeah, <laughs> film over. Doesn't it, we don't need to do it anymore? Can I be uh, exempt from the third task? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh we're, we're God! Then, we're, we're back at the uh, the, the tri tournament death of games. De- death games, and uh, <laughs> we, we we have a, a, an odd moment for me. Um, that there's a band playing. Yeah, that didn't happen in the other ones, did it? That, no, there's a band playing, everyone's crowding around to get ready. I just thought about this when I was watching this film. Amaze, James. Isn't Amaze, I don't want to hesitate, slightly easier than dragons and swimming underwater with mermaids? Yes, yeah. Um, <laughs> Dumbledore seems to think that it's scary. He explains that people can lose themselves in the maze. I thought that was the point of mazes. Mm. In the book, it is filled with other things. 
There oh. is a sphinx in the maze. Oh, okay. Which is really cool in the book. Yeah. It doesn't happen in the film. No. Uh, budget, I guess. Yeah. Um, thanks a lot, Warner Brothers. We're, we're focusing on Harry. It's fine. He's uh, really interesting. <laughs> I, I'm really loving this story so far. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> There's Devil's Snare, which we do see in the maze. Yes. It's the stuff from the first uh, film. Do you remember when Hermione and Harry and Ron land in that tentacle yes. uh, weed? I like that they brought that they back. They brought that back. That was good. Um, and there's also Bogarts from the third film. Oh. Do you know the things from the war? Wardrobe that become that whatever, can become whatever you're, afraid you're afraid of. of. They are also in the maze, right? And there's loads of cool things that pop up, and I think they hint at a bogart where um, Fleur, who's not very good at being uh, a champion, yeah. sorry Fleur, she runs into something, screams, and they, I think they sort of hint at that. Yeah. Uh, there's also a shot which I've written down, and I'm going to try and get this through as quick as I can for you. Um, we see Mad Eye Moody curse Crumb. Ah. Now, you have to rewind it and look. It's really, really quick. Yeah. There's a spit where they're lining the champions up and Crumb's turned around facing and you see Brendan Gleeson's Moody step into shot and he put his wand in his pocket. Right. And he sort of does it really quickly. And then as he tucks his wand into his pocket, Crumb turns around and looks all boring. Yeah. And that's Ah. the second where he does it. Right, really yeah. cool. I, I missed that when yeah. I was watching. I, I, I missed it. I've never seen it before. I only noticed I, it this time. I couldn't work out whether it was the maze that made him go all zombie-esque. But, so, um, he puts that imperious curse on him. Yeah, they're, they're, they're about to be let off into this maze. Yep. And there's a countdown and Filch lets the cannon off early. So I, <laughs> I, I thought, I, I put Filch can't count, but that's okay. Neither can the kids. Yep, no um, math in that school. And then I wrote, Harry Potter does Labyrinth. Yep, Harry and, Potter does Labyrinth. Uh, again, the tone and the and the saturation and everything it is a very dark sequence. Yeah, uh, it's so hard to see what the hell's going on. It's also a maze of Dutch <clears throat> angles. Uh, yeah, every shot is some sort of Dutch angle. Nothing's straight in, the, in this sequence at all, which is really cool. It works well for a yeah. maze, but you're just going, oh, hang about. And for listeners, I'm just tilting my head to one side, and I spent the, I spent the entire scene trying to level out everything. Then we see Crumb. He he actually knocks out Fleur. Yeah, he's bewitched. He's all evil. Yeah, we see his eyes have gone funny. Yes, and then Cedric takes him out, and that's two champions down. And Harry and Cedric have a little Barney, don't they? Yeah. Um, did you have any idea what was going to happen in this movie? No idea at all. Did Ex- you not? I wanted to know was... what you were thinking was going to happen at this point at, in the movie. At this point, Cedric had proved himself to be more of a champion than Harry. Yes. Because Harry's useless in this scene. <laughs> it, Cedric takes out yeah. the only other competition at this point mm-hmm. and just leaves the two of them. So they both run towards the Goblet of Notfire. Yep. And... Um, then Cedric, for some reason, becomes useless and trips over. He does. He has that little stupid ah! moment. Yeah. And then you're like, oh, great. Um, I, I, the plot conveniently served Harry again. <laughs> yeah, Harry's plot armour is fully intact. Uh, we also have Harry Potter does the happening. Because every time this maze wants to do something, it's preceded by a gust of wind. Yeah. So it's very similar to the happening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I remember that. And it's trees that kill people. Yes. So God. Yeah, this is this is Harry Potter does the happening. And I, I felt like, I don't know about you, it it definitely steps up a notch. Once they get to that graveyard. Yes. So they, so Harry and Cedric find the goblet of not fire. Yes. And it does the boot thing. They decide to grab it together. Yeah. Instead of one taking it over the other. If Cedric had have taken it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like if That's Cedric... Vol- Voldemort's put a lot of effort into this plan. Voldemort is basically relying on 
everyone else wanting Harry Potter to do well. Yeah. <laughs> He's also relying on all the other champions to be shit. Yeah. Oh, God. Could you imagine how disappointed he'd be if... Just it was, Cedric rocked up. Yeah, just Cedric. Oh, just any of them except yeah. Harry. And Harry was sat back at home at school feeling sorry for himself. So they end up touching the cup. Yes. The cup is then revealed to be a portkey, which is a plot device that was actually brought up at the very beginning of this film. Yes. It's been two and a half hours since that plot device was introduced and we finally get a payoff. And I, I was At that point, I was like, oh, the boot makes sense now. Yeah, it is yeah. cool, isn't it? I think watching it now in hindsight, and obviously we're di- dissecting it like something not right, it does. It is a cool beat. Yeah. They use the cup and the cup is actually a port key and it takes them to the graveyard. Now, it's not supposed to be taken to the graveyard. It's no. supposed to take them to the finish. Okay. Do you remember it, where they I, are at the end? So the finish, also the start. Yeah, so, so go, the they beginning go back of the, the maze. Beginning. They're yes. supposed to touch the cup and it takes them back out of the maze and they win. And whoever's got the cup has won the cup. And that's, ah. the, that's the end of it. But it being Harry Potter and Hogwarts, and nothing works the way it should. Exactly. They end up in the graveyard outside of Lord Voldemort's former residence in his father's house in this little village. And he sees the gravestone yeah. on which are the Tom Riddles of the past and yes. his great grandfather grandfather and father or whatever so or, there's historically there's always a tom yeah or it's like a Thomas trevor riddle <laughs> a trevor de gaulle yeah there, there's <laughs> i love that we're now hierarchy. referencing we're now referencing our own podcast Brilliant. <laughs> on our own podcast <laughs> so so he's he's looking back at this uh you know uh, ancestry.com version of trevor de gaulle yeah um and he realizes where he's at yeah he's not happy about this uh, yeah. Cedric's a bit confused, and then Cedric's dead. Yeah. Wormtail murders Cedric, which is a massive technicality because they go on to say that Voldemort murders Cedric. Yeah. Voldemort's not really doing much at that point. No. He's actually killed. He's killed it's by Ron's Wormtail. Rat. Yeah. Um, uh, the first murder, James. This is actually, well, other than Barty Crouch, this is the first murder we've seen in Harry Potter, I think. Yeah. Proper it's the murder. first sort of like magic murder where we, we get to see because yeah. Crouch is already dead when we find him. Yeah, we don't know what this, happened to him. At this that is point. The, the, this is like murderous of murders. And then it gets dark. It gets really dark. Really, really dark, really, really quick. And I, Harry gets strung up with the statue, which I'm. Can he not get away? He looks like he can get away. He looks like he can get away, and then all the other wizards arrive, and we we get a moment where it's really dark, but all I can think about is that scene in Hot Fuzz near the end where they keep going, the greater good. (laughs) 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 The greater good, Voldemort. The greater good. So I make... make I'm experiencing two very different emotions while I'm watching this. I completely concur with that, because it's in the graveyard, they've all got funny hoods on, they're all in black outfits, it is a bit daft. But then we get... Harry um, Potter does Star Wars. Yeah. We get that scene where it's Luke and Darth, and they're in the Emperor's Chamber. Yeah. Except it's Harry and a bald guy, and everyone else is watching in a graveyard. Um, yeah, And they're like, the, 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 the lightning, the electricity stuff that comes from their wands, is reversed. Harry's is red. And Voldemort's is like a greeny blue. Yeah, because the curse, the killing curse is a greeny hue, yeah. remember? Um, so Voldemort is reborn. Yes. Spoilers. Um, and it's a really cool sequence. We're introduced to Voldemort for the first time in his true form. And it's been three films, fourth film we're in. We've never actually seen him. No. We've seen a face of him yeah. on the back of someone's head. But now we, we get true full form. This is him. Ray Fiennes. And it's Ray Fiennes. It's brilliant. He is brilliant, isn't I, he? I, I really enjoyed that bit, and he, he shows off that he can touch Harry now, and it's all 
Exactly. Hilarious and great. And then... Um, Do you know but, why you can touch Harry? Uh, because he's got Harry's blood in him. Yes. Yes. So they, they, previously to this, uh, Ron's rat proves very annoying again, <clears> cuts <throat> Harry, uh, makes up a potion and drops baby Voldemort in the potion. Exactly right. And then baby Voldemort, God knows how, what, how this works. I mean, it's all gibberish, isn't it? But then Voldemort is born from the ashes of this cauldron. And has clothes. Has a cloak. Yeah. Of course, because you, you don't want a skinny, pale, naked Ray Fiennes walking no, around. No, the, the only person... A graveyard with a child. <laughs> The, the only person that's... That would be a scary film, wouldn't it? <laughs> the only person that doesn't get clothes is Ron's rat, apparently. Yes. Except when he does. It's very strange. Clothes are dealt with differently um, for different people. Um, <laughs> apparently, and I don't know how the truth is, and I've done a bit of background on it, they state that Rafe Fiennes was always the choice for Voldemort. Which okay. it, he was He's fantastic anyway. Yeah. Rafe Fiennes is never an actor that throws himself into something half-heartedly. No. So you know you're going to get a good Voldemort with oh. Rafe. I heard, and I, I remember reading about this years ago, and I don't know how true it is, but there was a rumour that Rowan Atkinson was approached about playing Voldemort. Okay. Lord Blackadder. That would have been... Could you imagine it? That would have been different. It that, would have that been, been really odd. I, I do like the way, visually, you can tell the difference between uh, Harry and Voldemort in that Harry wears glasses and Voldemort has no nose, so mm. can't wear glasses. <laughs> <laughs> Well, he's supposed to have red eyes, but they cut that from the film. Oh, really? Yeah, they stated that they tried him with red eyes, with CGI red eyes, but he just loses the humanity. Uh, And for a character that's already odd-looking, you need those eyes, because those eyes are the in to the character. I mean, they're like the gateway to the emotion. You don't want him to be too CGI. I mean, you're you're hiring an experienced actor who will be able to emote through their eyes. You don't want to cover them up. No, and I think when you can see he's a real person, obviously CGI knows... It's more scary because yeah. he's real. He could be the real person. It's odd. They they got rid of an entire nose mm, more successfully than they got rid of a moustache. <laughs> 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 and this is the same company. This is Warner oh Brothers. Oh, my God, I never thought about that. <laughs> and this was years ago. You're you know, right. So how do they, how do, they do how an did entire... They, get rid of, <laughs> they didn't get rid of Henry Cavill's moustache, but they could get rid of a fucking nose. Yeah. It's, oh, it's impressive. James. <laughs> James, that's fantastic. I completely forgot about that. So yeah, it's 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 the same production house, you know, <sighs> company, but they've seemed to have forgotten all of their techniques. Harry and Voldemort then go into what we can only describe as a one lightsaber duel. Yes, it is that Emperor scene. Yeah. Well, the Vader scene in the Emperor's. Uh, yeah. chamber isn't it? it's um very very cool uh, the only thing we're missing is a reveal that Voldemort is Harry's dad yeah and uh, then you get the souls of Voldemort's previous conquered wizards the, the dead yeah they emerge from his wonders you get that like, I did I I just thought that maybe there would be someone a bit more relevant than Cedric hiding in there no it's because it goes in order oh. of the last people that he murdered oh right oh gosh could you imagine if he just killed someone who wasn't that useful well he did he killed well he killed cedric then he kills he killed frank the caretaker because he appears yes. briefly yeah he gets he gets to live out his best life in this weird <laughs> scenario where he's, he's with cedric and harry's parents and he's still got a flat cap on <laughs> I mean, why wouldn't you have a flat cap on? <laughs> and then obviously Harry's mum and dad are the two last people he killed before he killed the caretaker. So Harry gets help from these force ghosts. Yeah, the force ghosts appear and they tell Harry to get to the portkey. Now, oh, if Harry had just 
gone like Cedric was right next to the bleeding portkey when they arrived. Yeah. Could he not have just got back to it? Like as soon as anything starts to look a bit dicky. Yeah. I.e. I'm in a fucking graveyard. Get back to the portkey. He get was back very, to the goblet of handy. not fire. Yeah. He was very handy at calling the goblet of not fire over to him. Yeah. He does a point. summoning charm. Yeah. Didn't think to do that at any point. No. And Cedric's dead. Cedric's dead. Not now. even in a funny way. Cedric is fully dead. Yeah. He he is. Gone. He's no longer in this film. He's gone off to star in Twilight, um, <laughs> a franchise I've also not seen. So yeah. uh, let's say about that the better. So yes. they arrive back at the end or the start of the maze, whichever I, way you're yeah, looking at it. Yeah, and I think this is the most messed up bit in the whole film because people are literally cheering Harry and a corpse. Yeah. No one realises. Everyone's so happy that Harry's got back. No one realises yet that Cedric's not well. In fact, dead. <laughs> <laughs> not well would be the understatement of the, uh, of the podcast. And um, the kids are not asked, once they do realise that Cedric's dead, the kids aren't even asked to leave. They, mm. All the kids are there witnessing what yeah. will, for most of them, I would assume, is their first dead person. Yeah, and it's really traumatic. And I, 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 to its credit, it's a really well-directed sequence. Yes. That seems really good. Um, the bit the, with his dad's very touching. Yeah, and the bit with the violins. There's a, Patrick Doyle does this beautiful violin over the top of this moment where Amos Diggory, the dad, yeah. sees his son dead and all the kids see the dead boy and and every it's just all it is brilliant. It's it is really, really, really well crafted bit of directing because it really does it gives me sort of goosebumps watching it because you're like it's the first time that they've really bought Harry Potter yeah. into a reality. Yes. That a child's just been murdered. Yeah. And then Harry gets dragged away by Mad-Eye Moody and no one questions this. No. But you're like, it is the first time for me where you watch it and you actually engage as an, as an adult audience, especially for me and now growing up, you go, this is fucked up. <laughs> and also, Harry should never have been in this tournament from the beginning. No. And Har- now, thanks to the negligence of, of Hogwarts and Dumbledore and the bloody ministry... Yeah. Leave Voldemort's back. Voldemort's back. There's a kid dead. And <sighs> there, there was a bit of me. It's the more, you know, grown-up cynic in me now yeah. watching this uh, at this ripe old age of nearly 35, <laughs> um, where I'm thinking, why did they just take Harry's word that it was Voldemort that killed Cedric? They were both in a championship together. Yeah. <clears throat> competing against one another. Could have killed him. Could have killed him just yeah. to get the cup. Yep. Um, no, no one was there in the maze. No one else saw. It's really interesting you say this, James. Okay. Because we're going to be watching number five soon. All right. <laughs> I don't want us to ruin it too much. Okay. But questions do get raised. Brilliant. I'm glad they do because yep. I, I, you know, I, I, you're a cynic. Yeah, I'm a cynic, and I, w- I want to know why <laughs> everyone was so trusting of Harry. Yeah. But it's probably because Dumbledore said so. Um, so, uh, we then seem to change pace really, really quickly. Yeah. So we've had that dramatic, um, lightsaber duel. We've had the reveal that Cedric's not well. Mm-hmm. Um, fully dead. Fully dead. Actually not in the film anymore. Um, and then we just go to a room. With, a room with, with Mad-Eye Moody. With Mad-Eye Moody. isn't what he seems. He, he's, he's a, <clears throat> he's really interested in Voldemort mm. and... Initially, Harry's answering all of his questions quite happily until we get the traditional too much information reveal <laughs> yeah. where he suddenly reveals that he, know, he knew about the graveyard. Yeah, I like that. I like that line. Yeah. I think it's in the book as well. I really like that he slips up yeah. and then it's like, oh, yeah. oh. And 
obviously, as an audience and as a reader of book four, it's the Defence Against the Dark Arts teacher. Yeah, <laughs> something's got to be, be wrong with him. There's going to be going to be something wrong <laughs> yeah. with him. More, more than his flask of alcohol, which isn't, isn't alcohol, alcohol. It's, it's um, polyjuice. So that's the thing that turned Hermione into a cat. Yes, it is, James. So that's very cool. well remembered. I, I, I'm starting to get this, folks. Uh, yeah, this this makes sense. Now. Again, it's plot devices invented for plot purpose serving purposes, but then they're bought back again because I think Rowling realizes how madly important they could be <laughs> if another man could just pretend to be somebody. Absolutely. For a year. For a year. Whilst having that person in a case next to his desk. Yes. It's quite cool, that bit. It is really cool. And it it sort of made me realise something. I, I'm a big fan of the TV show The Flash. Mm. And again, spoilers here. There's a, a, a scene in one of the episodes where the big bad reveals him uh, that he's actually been keeping someone in prison for a long time. Mm. And he says the line... Because uh, this person's wearing an iron mask, you can't see who it is. He I know said, you mean. I've seen this. Yeah, he says the line: "If you, it, you, know, you won't believe me if I told you." And Mad Eye Moody does the same thing earlier in the film. Yes, saying, he you does. Won't, you won't believe me if I told yeah, you. He nods over when Harry looks at the suitcase that's rattling. Yeah, and he says, "You wouldn't believe what's in that if I told you." It's yeah. good that. So I thought that it was cool. really cool. And I was like, "Oh, that that they used that again." And obviously, they've used it in other things. Yeah. But it, it reminded me of that scene yeah. in the Flash, which is ace. Um, so Crouch has been managing to trick Dumbledore for over a year, yeah. who proclaims to be apparently one of the smartest and best wizards in the wizarding community. And, bollocks. Yeah, and very close to Crouch. Yeah, yeah to um, Dumbledore. Dumbledore. He's within the whole film, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's in the, the whole all the time. And, and the actual Mad Eye Moody was very close previously because we see in the memory that they know each other. Yeah, they're really good so, friends. So how does he not know that's not him? Yeah, I, I don't understand. That's that ridiculous. I, if, if you came to work and you weren't you. Yeah. It wouldn't take me... I don't think I'd have to do is go, what do you think about doing episode uh, five on uh, Tuesday, James? And you go, what? What? <laughs> episode what? Yeah. Um, but it's okay, Jake, because we have truth serum. That thing <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, was, that was brought up in... in I the, forgot about so, that. So uh, Alan Rickman had threatened Harry with the truth serum. Yeah. And he, uh, he brings, you know, uh, Professor Hans Gruber brings that back now. <laughs> Uh, to get the information. And the first question they ask him is, are you Mad-Eye Mooney? <laughs> Obviously not. Yeah. At this point, we've categorically decided that he's not who he says yeah. he is. Um, but they ask him anyway, just to be sure. <laughs> David Tennant's brilliant. Uh, we yes. finally get the reveal, which I think we were all... I mean, for me anyway, it's very obvious by the end of the movie who he is. Yeah. And I think it's more obvious because he has the exchange with Barty Crouch, you remember? Yes. When before Barty Crouch ends up dead, Moody and Crouch have a little moment together and you're like, oh, that's a bit odd. What's the tension there? But again, it's it's revealed to the fact that not a lot of wizards liked Crouch. Yeah. Um, again, it's better addressed in the novel than it is in the, in the film. In the film, it's sort of glossed over, but there's just some weird cuts and then obviously skipping really through it now because I want to skip us through to this we've got so many more of these to get through oh yeah um we we get the idea Dumbledore apologises to Harry which I think is well overdue yeah um yeah, at this point, Dumbledore could have stepped in at any point and stopped all of this. Yeah, from Crouch Junior says, "I'll be welcome back like a hero" because he's done. He has literally done exactly what he said he was going to do to Voldemort at the beginning. Because he says to Voldemort, "I will not disappoint you." Yeah, and then right at the end of the movie, he succeeded in getting Harry to that he, graveyard. He also kind of weirdly says, uh, "I'll show you mine if you show me yours." Yeah, to Harry. Now, Harry, his arm was cut in bringing the graveyard. Vold- yeah, in the graveyard, bringing Voldemort back. Um, Tennant shows Harry mm-hmm. the tattoo. Has Harry now got that tattoo? No, or, I think he's just showing 
I don't know. I think he's showing the, the, the cut that Wormtail's done to say, you know what that cut means. It means they've got his blood. Yeah. Which I think Dumbledore will know what that means, I guess. Yeah. I'm presumably okay, anyway. that makes sense. I was just um, like, yeah. is that going to be a tattoo later? I, I it was a bit. They weird. then discuss something called Priorian Cantatum, which is the magic of the um, apparitions that appear from Voldemort's wand. Yeah. And Dumbledore knows this magic, and he says it's very rare. He then says something very important to Harry, which we're going to touch upon later, which is no spell can resurrect the dead Harry. I trust you understand this. Right. Okay. Wasn't, and wasn't Voldemort dead? <laughs> uh, yes and no okay yeah so so we voldemort anchors himself to life right we will talk about this because this is a big plot point for the continuation and in a way james episode four book four this 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 film it really is the starting point and the stepping off point for the rest of the franchise it you're saying film four, we've just got started. So film four, we've just watched. Yeah. We finished. Film five, this is the continuation of one narrative now. Okay. And this narrative pretty much carries us through. That's good. Yeah. So that there's no good. more stupid, itty-bitty storyline narratives that don't really, that have a small payoff. These are, this is the storyline now. Voldemort is back. Deal with it. So. And it carries on from so there. Dumbledore ends the scene pretty much with saying, uh, we soon we must face the decision between what is right and what is easy. Yes, James. So uh, at this point, we are, we are in the podcast facing the similar choice. <laughs> yes, uh, we are. We, we are making the, the right choice to, to push forward and carry on with these films, but we're probably going to spend more time with each half of the film because they, yeah, there's gonna, a lot more yeah, we're split content. So yeah, they'll, they'll be split up uh, as this episode was. Uh, Me and James got exhausted after two and a half hours of Potter. We can only imagine after two hours of us on this, you're going to be knackered. Absolutely. Uh, there aren't as many characters or owls. Um, so we, we've split this one up. We'll split the next few up as well uh, because they're a bit more digestible and there's mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to go through. Uh, especially if these books are now Tom Clancy sized. Yes, before we're in James, it's halfway now, mate. Halfway, That's we've it. done it. Um, we are going to move to the five facts for James. Amazing, I love this bit. Yep, are you ready for this? I'm we're ready. We're going to have to get a jingle for this, so um, I'm going to just say five facts for James. You can then in- put a jingle in there. Can we yep. put a jingle we'll, in there? We'll make a jingle happen right now. That was the jingle. That's the jingle. That was it. Brilliant. Yeah. I love it already. Great. Um, right. <laughs> I hope future you loves it just as much as current you because we've not done it yet. Brilliant. Five facts of James. Fact number one. The child actors had three weeks to practice their dancing for the Yule Ball Waltz. Unfortunately, Radcliffe, being in nearly every scene in the movie, was left only four days to prepare for his dance. (laughs) (laughs) This is the reason... This is the reason that they only shot Radcliffe from the waist up to hide his fumbling feet. Brilliant. luckily, Harry Potter was never meant to be a good dancer anyway. Oh... Yeah. Oh, that's why yeah, four days is enough to not to be yeah. a bad dancer. I could probably train to be a bad dancer in four days. Me too. Especially if you're going to shoot me from the waist up. Yeah. Number two. The basilisk puppet was upcycled into a dragon. <laughs> <laughs> 
for the dragon cage sequence. Fantastic. So that is the head of the basilisk that we saw in Chamber of Secrets. They just dug it out of the archives and yeah. used it again. Used it again? Well, why not? They yeah. spent all that money on it. Makes sense. Uh, number three, Mike Newell, director of this movie. Uh, yeah. Obviously from Alonso, uh, Alfonso Cuaron, sorry, Alfonso yeah. Cuaron. Uh, Mike Newell was paid £1 million to direct this movie. Compared that to Chris Columbus, who was given £10 million for the first one, plus gross profit percentage. Wow. I think that Mike Newell needs to get himself a better agent. Yes. Yeah, that, that reminds That's me That's crazy, of, isn't it? Yeah, that reminds me of... Um, it, do you remember the, the dark old days of Windows XP? Yeah. And you have the desktop wallpaper. Mm. Uh, it's called Bliss. Uh, if people want to look this up, it's great. There, there's a really famous desktop wallpaper. I'm looking it up right now, that, James. Uh, earned the photographer... Yeah. A load of money. Now, oh, it's that one. Yeah. It's a famous one with like, it looks like the thing from Star it, Wars The Phantom Menace. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a really CGI looking lawn. Yeah. Uh, sorry, a meadow, a meadow. Yeah. And that was all, it was a, a, oh. a, all done on film. It's a film photograph. That's brilliant. That, that he sold to Microsoft for a lot of money. Uh, oh. Do your research and find out, but it's a lot of money. Right. Now, Did he get any royalty then? Oh, yes, he got lots. There's another photographer, oh, though, that's interesting. Who, who did a, another desktop background for Windows XP, uh, released at the same time. He put that photo on a stock photography website, <gasps> and they uh, and Microsoft just bought the rights to use it. I think he got a few dollars. Oh, <laughs> so That's brilliant, James. See, I'm supposed to be doing five facts for you. Yeah. You've just given me a great fact. I it, love it's, that. It's brilliant. So, yeah, always, always sell directly to whoever you're going to sell to. Yeah. <laughs> I think and, if, and if you're a director for a Harry Potter movie. Uh, think about how much you can ask for. Yeah, definitely. Ask for more. Uh, number four, Michael Gambon wore normal clothes under his costume. He also had a packet of cigarettes hidden in his socks so he could sneak out for a fag break in between filming. Fantastic. <laughs> Good there, old Gambon. There's so many reasons I like Michael Gambon. Oh, just another one to the list. Uh, number five, our final fact of five facts. Canadian folk group called the Weird Sisters, spelt W-Y-R-D, filed for a $40 million lawsuit against Warner Brothers because Jarvis Cocker from Pulp and oh. Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead used their group's name. In the book, the band is called Weird Sisters, spelt the conventional way, and the and after watching, after looking into it, the uh, Radiohead guys, uh, Jarvis Cocker, sorry, and Johnny wanted to call them the Weird Sisters with a Y as a homage to the witches from Shakespeare's Macbeth. But reportedly, renaming it the Weird Sisters, it was already taken. They had to go into a lawsuit, so that whole thing was cut from the movie. Oh, they had to cut all references to the name Weird Sisters. That what a stupid fact, but yeah, brilliant. That's that's great. That tells you a lot about the world we live in. It uh, does, doesn't it? <laughs> oh dear me. And yeah, that's my five facts, James. Five facts. Lovely. Excellent. Um, I've not got any comments at the moment to read out, not new ones anyway. Um, I have had some messages and feedback regarding, like you said, the digestion of these episodes. So as a result, James and I are going to split these episodes up. You're going to get part one, part two, maybe even part three of certain podcasts, depending yeah. on how long we ramble for. Absolutely. Um, and what's up next? It's Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Film right. Five. So... Is this the same phoenix we've already met? Uh, it's a homage to a phoenix. It's not a literal phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah, so, I'm not going to spoil it, though. Cool. So it's not like Forks has gone to the local drive through and ordered <laughs> food. That's what I'm expecting with Order of the Phoenix. Yeah, it's a bit different. Oh, good. Good. Because that would will, have been a terrible film. You will get a lot of 
recurring characters from previous films in this one. Um, Are there any more unnecessary shots of forks? Not that I remember. Because I I, I liked that in this film, the fact that they went to the trouble of CGIing forks into a scene that he played no relevant role in. I'm very interested to see your thoughts on this next one, but we're going to talk about that later. Yeah. Me and James are also going to be bringing out some specials um, within the next month or two. Uh, These are going to be centered around a lot of films, franchises that are either out right now or are big in the media right now or big focuses at the moment. So we're going to be bringing those out. So keep an eye out on the podcast for that. And we might be setting up a YouTube channel uh, just to give you guys a bit of extra bite-sized chunks of behind-the-scenes stuff. Um, We're going to do some comedy, maybe even do some uh, things where we look at merchandise and visit things. Including, as I've almost forgotten before we leave, James, our shit merchandise competition oh, of the week. Brilliant. Do, do we need a new jingle for this as well? <laughs> I'm going to record it right now. Brilliant. The shit merchandise competition of the week. Fantastic. Jake, what, what is your merchandise? I have found a Ravenclaw common room scented candle that's soy flavoured. <laughs> soy flavoured candle. <laughs> Brilliant. It's called Ravenclaw Common Room. Is that what the Ravenclaw Common Room smells like? I don't know. Soy. It just stinks of the Ravenclaw Common Room. Brilliant. So you want that candle, it's available on Etsy. <laughs> Fantastic. What have you found, James? I, I, I have something slightly different this week. It's it's technically merchandise because it's the DVD I've been watching. Oh, yeah. uh, it's the More accurately, it's the DVD box mm-hmm. uh, that we've watched this week. So this is Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire DVD. Um, authentic to the year it was released because I think this is the one my sister bought at the same time. Brilliant. And I just wanted to bring up something that I think is a bit of a lost art of movie releases now. We do everything digitally. Everything's downloaded uh, or you go to the cinema. So you miss out on amazing facts like the Daily Mirror review, which <laughs> <laughs> uh, is, uh, is everything you want to know about the film. It says, a magnificent, uh, magnificent magical, and truly mesmerizing fantasy epic, um, which is a lot of words that actually mean very little. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't state whether they're big fans of the film. It just says that it's mesmerizing. Which I don't is a, think they've seen the film. I don't think they've seen the film at this point either. <laughs> uh, this is a bit like going to a Pink Floyd gig, yeah. coming back and saying, really nice lights. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Got nothing from the band. Really good lights. Really good lights. That's it, James. That is the end of our Goblet of Fire epic. Uh, And we're now going to be moving on to episode... uh, Well, it will be. There will be film film five. I'm just going to say film five for now. We are at the halfway point. Yes, we are. We've made it this far. You've made it this far, folks. Congratulations, by the way, if you've made it this far. (laughs) (laughs) It's been fun, James. It's been good. Right. Same time next week. Same time next week. (laughs) Right. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye. Bye.